Welcome home. This is Audio EXP for the 31st of October 2020. And the title of this episode is Cyberpunk Halloween. Do you think we are heading to a cyberpunk future? I suppose to answer that question, we should first define what we mean by cyberpunk. The Oxford Dictionary says it's a sci-fi subgenre featuring a lawless future and an oppressive society dominated by technology. Well, who am I to disagree with the Oxford Dictionary? But I never saw lawlessness as a crucial part of cyberpunk. I might also argue that a lawless and oppressive society is skirting close to being an oxymoron. It would depend on what was causing the oppression, but with the Oxford definition, the pressure couldn't come from law enforcers. I always saw great inequality as a part of cyberpunk. The super-rich elite lived lives of luxury, and everybody else struggles on as much as they can. And they are in the thrall of technology as much as they are the masters of it. Cyberpunk is in the news, of course, with Cyberpunk 2077 delayed again. I get why people are frustrated, but let's not be oppressive robber barons ourselves. Let's give the programmers a chance to breathe and make the game the best it can be. I read that the developer had even been getting death threats. How stupid. I don't think consumer anger is an element of cyberpunk, but hey, perhaps it's a symptom of the culture on track to hitting the cyberpunk breaking point. In June, Geek Native had some cyberpunk battle mats to give away. I did the usual thing of running a survey competition and asked, do you think we are heading to a cyberpunk future? Some non-geeks found the competition and answered that they didn't know what cyberpunk was. That's a head-scratcher, isn't it? But perhaps they were trying to win on behalf of a family member or a friend who they remember talking about cyberpunk. Of the rest, yes, geek native readers now think we are heading to a cyberpunk future, and nearly 20% of them thought we'll get there in just 20 years. Over 30% thought we'd hit real-life cyberpunk in 50 years, and that contrasts to a mere 15% who didn't think we would end up in a cyberpunk dystopia at all. I can't see the future, but I hope to live for at least another 20 years, maybe 50, and so I'll get to find out if one group of people got that cyberpunk prediction right. There's certainly a lot going on in the cyberpunk space in tabletop games, Cyberpunk 2077 is delayed, but the tabletop prequel, Cyberpunk Red, is not. The huge 400-plus page book is due out in November. And there are other options. Carbon 2185, a D&D 5e-powered cyberpunk game, is back on Kickstarter after only 18 months or so for a new expanded edition and a source book called Terminal Overdrive. You have about two weeks left to join that project. And Nightpath Publishing's Entromancy setting also has a new supplement out called the Aurakite Age Struck. Entromancy has a much lower profile than Carbon 2185, but I think it's worth checking out, especially for gaming groups with a bit of experience. Catalyst Game Labs also has two new Shadowrun products coming out in November. One is a plot book called Slipstreams, which could rewrite Shadowrun while the other, Gunrack, is a deck of cards for weapon rolls and references. An unexpected cyberpunk-ish book comes from Handiwork Games. They've already released the A-State 2 primer, nicely done, as a free-to-download PDF, 
but due to fan demand, you can now order it as a print-on-demand from DriveThruRPG, although you will need Blades in the Dark or a similar game to play it, though. Lastly, in this little list of cyberpunk RPGs that happen to be in the news this week, there is the Byte role-playing game. Byte is a modular RPG in which the world builder adds or removes rule sets as required, and therefore you can absolutely use it to power a cyberpunk game of your own creation. It's not quite cyberpunk, but the anime Obsolete is in the news this week. It's more of a mecha series, but as the name implies, it certainly addresses the impact of technology on society. And it's free to watch on YouTube. Season 2 just got a trailer, and Season 1 is short but entertaining. The link is in the show notes, and I'll take you to the transcript and an embed of Episode 1. Anime is all over the news this week with Netflix making several announcements and reports growing that Sony is about to buy Crunchyroll for $1 billion. $1 billion. At least they've paid enough to negotiate for the platform, which tends to mean a genuine interest. The news of that $1 billion deal has surprised some people, but long-time Audio EXP listeners will have been forewarned. In Audio EXP 57, Outside RPGs, we talked about the initial wave of rumours and concluded it made sense. Crunchyroll is owned by Otto Media, who are owned by Warner Media, who is owned by AT&T. They have debts of $150 billion. Back then, we put the price tag on Crunchyroll at about $1 billion or $1.5 billion and suggested Sony, who owned Funimation and Aniplex, as a potential buyer. If Sony wins, then sorry to say, I expect some consolidations of platforms to save costs. Hopefully, any such consolidation won't mean a reduction in options for viewers or quality of shows. There are still Netflix and Amazon to compete with, after all. Crunchyroll has invested heavily in its originals, and the next one to watch out for is an American production from Sophie Alexander called Onyx Equinox. It's an Aztec versus humanity destroying blood god story. And the latest trailer is darker than I expected. I say darker than expected because Sophia Alexander may still be best known for her role as a Powerpuff Girl illustrator. But if there's a file called Unexpected TV News to go through this weekend, then Crunchyroll and Onyx Equinox are not the biggest stories in it. No, that honour goes to Hasbro. On the Toymaker's earnings call, the chairman and CEO... Brian Goldner revealed that the company is working on several different approaches for a Dungeons and Dragons TV series. To be honest, I thought that story was going to be more significant for Geek Native this week. It's kind of chugged along, and I regret not putting the word new in the title of the article. If you search for D&D TV, then of course you get the old series. Dicebreaker picked up the story afterwards, which will help spread the news but I think we're all waiting to see how committed Hasbro are and what they are proposing. Do you trust them to do D&D justice on the small screen? Heck, there's a D&D movie coming, and I sense that there are some concerns the company might struggle to bring the franchise to life on the big screen. We should talk about Critical Role, right? Here's a company that absolutely has made D&D work on the small screen. Although, oddly, the fact that they have both characters and their own personalities to work with is a bonus. People enjoy the stories of Critical Role and the sense of closeness they have with the voice actors and the community. Critical Role's own show is an animation 
that would be out via Amazon Prime. They have other plans too. I'm pretty sure they plan on taking over the world and making it a better place. One of the steps in that master plan is Darrington Press. This week, Critical Role announced they've set up their own tabletop publishing company and they will be making role-playing games and board games. So, they work with Green Ronin for one book and then Wizards of the Coast for one book before setting up a publishing vehicle of their own. Quick learners, aren't they? Darrington Press is not the only potentially powerful new publisher that introduced itself this week. Warchief Gaming is another, and it comes to us via two successful and well-connected Blizzard Entertainment execs. Chris Metzen was a creative visionary at the company that brought us World of Warcraft, Starcraft, Diablo and Overwatch. Metzen and Mike Gilmartin have not told us much about their plans at all, except that they are in the mood for world building again and they like both D&D and Rifts. I suspect we will get a skirmish game from the pair first, but that's only based on Warchief Gaming's origin as a wargaming club. Okay, so that's some big news from big names. Let's flip it. Every month Geek Natives tries to shine a light on smaller creators, designers and indie studios. In October, it was a publisher called Rightworks in that spotlight. I talked to the founder and the only member of Rightworks, Jonathan Wright, and chatted giant monsters. Rightworks makes the Mecha vs Kaiju game, and if you're a fan of Monty Cook's cipher system, then there is some good news. As of a few days ago, Mecha vs Kaiju is one of you. You can buy that version from DriveThruRPG. The Fate and even the True 20 versions are still available. I also talked to Jonathan about whether he thought we'd see Mecha in our lifetime. No, sorry, they're just too impractical, he says. Had I had my crystal ball and known that this week would contain so much cyberpunk news, then I would have asked him about whether we'd see a cyberpunk future as well. Opportunity missed. It's a new month tomorrow, which means that we'll find out who's won the poll for November and start a new one. If you are a Geek Native patron, then you can vote. If you are a Geek Native patron or you are one before the 7th, then there's a free dice bag in the post for you. It's a thank you for supporting the site and helping with the RPG Publisher Spotlight. So, new poll tomorrow, but for today we've got Halloween. And that's meant a busy news week with lots of one-shots and freebies being made available. And I'll touch on a few just shortly. First though, I want to explain why every day for the last 12 days, Geek Native has posted a mask. Well, the 12 masks of Halloween is a tradition on the site that goes back for 10 years now. It's a countdown to the day itself, and that means there are more than 120 mass discoveries. 2020, as it had to, ended with a medieval plague doctor mask. Other Halloween news on the site worthy of squeezing in here, I think, are the American mythology horror comics bundle at Fanatical. Firstly, this is a reminder that you can get digital comics at Fanatical. Secondly, getting five horror stories for one squid today is an excellent tonic if you're stuck inside alone. If you'd prefer to spend no money at all, then Pinnacle Entertainment, the RPG publisher, can help. The Savage Worlds test drive rules are a new free download and they contain some Deadlines adventure material. So, if you're looking to learn Savage Worlds and explore the Weird West this or next weekend, then this feels like a sensible download to check out. Sticking with tabletop games and money for a bit, there is the news 
that Wizards of the Coast's monthly virtual tabletop games will cost a few bucks to play, but the DMs keep the money. There's been no shortage of debates around professional DMs and the hobby, hobby and professional being contrasting terms, but this partnership between Wizards of the Coast and Baldwin Games should put that all to bed. Professional GMs are now a part of D&D. In fact, virtual tabletops seem to be healthier than some traditional face-to-face games. Here in the UK, Europe's largest gaming club, the RP Haven, has turned to GoFundMe to continue. All their venues are closed due to the pandemic restrictions. So consider donating a few quid if you can. At the time of writing, the RP Haven crossed the halfway line on day one, but now need to find £1,000 without that fanfare of being brand new news. And that said, it's not all good news for virtual tabletops. The Roll20 Challenger Astral Tabletop had a wobble this week with an insecure database. No money details were lost, but email addresses were exposed to the public web. A company that's working in the virtual tabletop space is Fandom. They own D&D Beyond and already provide Twitch overlays. They also own Cortex and are working on a virtual marketplace for it. The news this week, though, is in the physical space, and that's a deal with Atlas Games for physical fulfilment. In other words, Atlas Games are putting Cortex Prime in gaming stores for them. Or, if you want, you can go fully virtual with virtual reality. The Polish computer game studio Carbon announced Warhammer Age of Sigma Tempest Fall this week. So, if you want to, you will soon be able to become a Stormcast Eternal trying to assess the threat after the Necroquake. Good luck to you. Lastly, because it's Halloween, Charles Dunwoody has kicked off a new column and or extension to his world-building articles with Mythos World, Rules, Adventures and Setting, as he tackles learning Call of Cthulhu and building a campaign for it. And on that note, let's call it a wrap. Keep safe and stay out of melee range. See you next week.